May 15th, 2023, we're in Masechet Beza, 10 lines from the top, the last word on the line. The context of the Gemara was as follows. The Mishnah recorded a bit of Mahloke between Bet Shammai and Bet Hilel. Effectively, though, both Bet Shammai and Bet Hilel agreed that on Yom Tob, it's an, even on Shabbat as well, of course, it's asur, it's prohibited to take utensils and dip them, uh, to uh, immerse them in a mikveh. Uh, the reason in the Mishnah was not recorded, and that's what the Gemara really is debating. So we had the first opinion in the Gemara, which has uh, taken up a bunch of our time in recent days, and that's Rabbah's opinion. Rabbah suggested the reason that it's asur, lehat bil kelim, on Yom Tov and Shabbat, is because a person might mindlessly take the utensil, take the item, walk more than four amot, six feet in a public domain, which is a violation of a Torah prohibition on Shabbat. And as a result of that issue, the rabbis forbade even on Yom Tov, dipping utensils, bringing anything that you own to the mikveh. Uh, the Gemara questioned that. Abayed to Rabbah. I said, wait a second. I understand your statement if the mikveh is distant from the home. In other words, you'd have to pass through a public area. What about if it's a borba hasero? What about if it's in your private area? There's no such fear. There's no issue of carrying, of going more than four amot birashut tarabim. The answer of Rabbah, and the answer of the Gemara in turn was, uh, it's a gezera, even for that circumstance. Really, that's a strong gezerah. Furthermore, said Abaye to Rabbah, says, wait a second, I understand on Shabbat we have this issue of carrying Bereshut Rabbim. What about on Yom Tov? Mishnah told us on Daf Yod Bet that the halakha, like Bet Hilel, is that you're allowed to carry if it's Sorech Yom Tov, on Yom Tov. Now, that being the case, why should you prohibit over here on Yom Tov the immersion, the uh, dipping in the mikveh? The answer again was this gezerah, this enactment of the rabbis was so strong that irrespective of Shabbat, right, even Yom Tov, they made such a kesera. Even if it's in a pu- private area, but the fear of a public area, they made the kesera. Gemara in turn had Abaye questioning Rabbah. Are you really stating? Is that really your claim that when it comes to this gezerah, when it comes to this fence, this gate, which the rabbis erected for this halakha, they were so strong, they went to such far extents to say, even if it's a little far-fetched, we're going to make this asur? And the answer clearly of Rabbah is yes, Abaye will continuously ask him questions. He'll find situations where there's leniencies <coughs> with regards to dipping on Yom Tov. And he'll say, you see, the rabbis weren't so severe. You see, even though you told me they were so strong on this, even for the far-fetched situation, what about over there? What about over here? So we saw one of those already. Let's pick up on the next one. Again, 10 lines from the top, last word on the line, etive. Etive again means he's responding with a strong question. Abaye is to Rabbah. On your claim that the issue in our Mishnah with regards to why you can't put the item into the mikveh on Yom Tov is because and the rabbis were so strong and so severe in this matter. Well, what about the following? Madlin bidli tameh vehu tahor. The halacha which is cited here by Abaye is that you're allowed to be madlin. A deli means a pail. And in this context, it's a reference to a pail which is on a well or on top of some pit. And as a result, you're drawing water up on Yom Tov and it's permitted to do so even if the deli, even if the 
the pail or the utensil which you're using in order to draw the water up is tameh. Vehu tahor. And by so doing, of course, the deli, the pail, the item at the bottom of the rope will become tahor. And there's no such issue. No issue which you imagined, Rabbah, there should be over here. After all, Rabbah, your claim was that we have this fear that if we allow for any person to immerse in any circumstance on Yom Tov, their utensils will have a problem because they might come to carry. What about over here? Why are we allowing for this? I understand the person needs water. I get it. I understand that his intent is not to make the deli, to make the utensil tahor. But ultimately speaking, it is what he's doing. Why is that permitted? Vi'i'ita, and if it's so like you, Rabbah, that the rabbis were so severe, they were so mahmir in this circumstance, nigzor, they should have made an additional or a larger gate in this context, this situation. Dilma, maybe. Atela atbule be'ene. Person might come atubule to immerse, to be tovel, this deli, this pale, be'ene, on its own. Be'ayin in uh, rabbinic terminology means on its own. It means you can see it with your eye. It means it's on its own. It's not agav. It's not as a result of immersing in order to bring out the water. Well, it became tahor. That I understand. It wasn't his intent. It's not what he was truly doing. We don't have to fear, but we should fear. It is a utensil. Again, the issue is the utensil is impure. It's secondary to your intent. Ultimately speaking, it is becoming pure. Why do the rabbis allow for that? They shouldn't have allowed for that. They should have told us, as you're seemingly telling us, Rabbi, even though it's far-fetched, even it's not in this situation, ultimately speaking, what does the onlooker see? What does he observe? He sees a person letting his utensil down and becoming tall. What does the person himself imagine he's doing? He says to himself, listen, I'm only taking out water, but honey, would you know it? Now we don't need to take this pail any longer for the fertivilas. Shouldn't that be strong enough in order to make an enactment, in order to uphold this gezira? Says the Gemara, or says Rabbah, to defend themselves, shane hatam, perhaps we can respond that that case is different, since the only circumstance where it's permitted for the person to be drawing that water is is through the pail, Delhi is the pail, is the utensil at the bottom of the rope. Since that's the only way that he's going to be drawing this water, after all, it's connected to the well, it's connected to the side of the pit, he's, he's lowering that into the pit, into the well, and bringing it back up. Zakhuru, the person realizes in that situation this is not a regular immersion, this is not a regular tevilah, this is a tevilah to bring forth water. And as a result, that would and could and should be permitted. One more time. The question. Even though it's becoming taho. Again, the tahara per se is not the issue. The issue for rabbah is. We should have a fear that since it is becoming tahor, we should make a gezera. The answer is no, nobody confuses it because they see it's attached, they see it's connected. You see, as a result of it only being through the pail, that you can bring up this water in that circumstance, nobody says, oh, you're allowed to immerse as well. What's that? Can you do ha'arama, asks, uh, asks Jeffrey, and use a regular cup as well. 
It's a good question. You see, the Gemara will talk about as it, we don't have evidence of that right now, so the answer needs to be at this point no. What we will, in some 15 lines from now, have a situation of a woman who goes to immerse because she's in Nida on Yom Tov. And she has no clothing to wear afterwards in a day and time when the clothing we looked at as being Tameh, which was a problem for her as a result when she gets out of the mikveh, what does she do? So the Gemara says, or the Beraita that they cite says, she can play that sort of game. But again, it's purposeful for the circumstance because she won't have any clothing to wear back home and she'll go in with her clothing. As I have to imagine that the rabbis would say prohibited over here. In other words, they're telling you, oh, that's ha'arama. We don't want you doing that ha'arama. Um, but it's, it's a good question. You certainly could now. You certainly could now. You were asking, as I understood it, could you purposefully do so? I think circumstantially they'd allow it. Uh, keep in mind the ha'arama, which was permitted earlier in our Masechet as well. We found one which was permitted. So you're not going to have meat for the Yom Tov. Uh, so as a result, we, uh, because you won't slaughter it, Right, you won't slaughter it if we don't allow for you to, um, to be salting it. So as a result, we say, slaughter, take one bone, say, oh, this looks good, salt, and say, oh, I'm going to take this one instead. Because if we don't allow for you to do that, you won't be slaughtering. Over here, in this situation, you won't have clothing. Uh, it's a diff- Over here, I can't imagine they're going to permit ha'arama unless it's one of those types of situations. But that's the answer of the Gemara, then, in this situation. Why not? Zahur, you remember and realize that the only reason this is permitted yeah. is because it's uh, drawing water. Okay, okay. Hold that question for a second. We were asking it broader, and then we'll then we'll narrow in on the question that you're asking. The broader question is severity. I purposefully articulated it properly today, right? It's that if you see that we make this enactment, we built this gate so wide and so strong that it encompasses all circumstances, we should fear if you do this, it'll bring you to do that. We're not per se asking in the moment on the carrying for Amot. We're saying if the issue was carrying for Amot and they extended it to Shabbat and Yom Tov even, and they extended it, that was the issue. So why don't you say in this circumstance, if we permit this, you'll come to dipping it. We're not even asking on the Arba Amot. You might in turn ask, as we saw Tosafot did that in the last stage of the Gemara, Nigzor Hashaka, remember that Tosafot? That's the way we asked over there. Why don't we fear about the for Amot? How'd you answer that question? Maharsha and many, same type of question again. Maharsha and many of the other Mefashim asked in this context one of two answers. First, uh, Maharshal is one of the commentators in the back of the Gemara, Bishalom Oluria. He suggests that the reason is, he says, whereas in our other cases, your, your fear is you might carry it for Amot Bereshut Rabim because ultimately speaking, you want the utensil to be Tahor as well. Over here, that was never your intent which to a certain extent addresses the Jeffrey question. In other words, what Maharshal is assuming is if you're interested in the utensil as well, it should be Asur. Uh, that's what Maharsha points out along the lines of what Jesse just said. He says, listen, it's attached to right next to the, the well. Uh, there's no ha'avarat arba'amot bereshut arabim. It's right there. It is at the place of the well. I mean, it doesn't say it's attached. Okay, Even if it's not attached. And Maharsha's words, I looked them up this morning, we're not attached. It's right there, though. In other words, it's, it's specific to it. It's, it, it shouldn't matter, the Gemara is telling us, but our question, their question is, if it is a public one, right. or at the very least, if there's the fear that there is a public one, we should make a gezerah for that. 
And the answer in turn is um, that for one reason or another, it's not so. What's that? You'll have different issues of drawing water on Shabbat. This is Yom Tov, probably specifically. There's a mahlukit on this one. If there is a way to permit on Shabbat, but the simple interpretation is only Yom Tov, because you have other issues you'll run into. Again, if it's in a public area, how are you carrying it home from there on Shabbat? You can't carry in your hand on Shabbat. I'm on purpose uh, avoiding that for the moment, but if you'd like me to address it, I will. Rashi, throughout this Amud, three times, Nathan has been reminding this of this, uh, us of this as well, Rashi, three times on this Amud, has been bringing up a concept which should be foreign to us, but for some reason is very familiar, and that is mitakin. Again, we saw at the very top of the page, first word, which means to say the issue in our sugya of Rabbah in terms of immersing on Yom Tov is carrying. Um, for some reason, Rashi keeps saying metakin. We will see the second opinion in the Gemara, Rabbah, Resh Bet Aleph, will be that immersing on Yom Tov is tikkun. It looks like you're fixing something. Rashi three times, and this is one of the three, has mentioned in explaining our Gemara tikkun. Very questionable. Why are you talking about Tikkun? Who heard of Tikkun? Rashba and the other Rishonim and Mefashim question Rashi. So I'm purposefully leaving it out as we can for now, but it's good to bring up. Uh, perhaps we'll address it in the aftermath of the Sugya, but again, that's more a question than an explanation. Why is Rashi talking about Tikkun? If we could explain the Sugya without Tikkun, why is he talking about Tikkun? We haven't seen Tikkun yet. We've only talked about Shemei Avirenu. Okay, says the Gemara onward, a qu- next question of Abaye to Rabbah, Etive. Etive again means he's responding, Abaye is to Rabbah, with a question, Keli. Here's the next Beraita that he cites, a utensil, Shinitma, Me'erev Yom Tov. If there's a utensil, a vessel which became Tameh before Yom Tov, in Matibili no Tov, Yom Tov. So now we're getting a little bit more detailed with regards to the laws of what can and can't be immersed, dipped on Yom Tov. It's specifically, we've read now, if it was already Tameh entering Yom Tov, we say to you, you should have dealt with this before. And after all, there is no Isur from the Torah that has been clear, crystal clear to us to immerse on the Yom Tov, to dip it on the Yom Tov. It's an issue specifically from the rabbis. Okay, so if it was able to be done before Yom Tov, we fully understand the rabbis made a Gezerah. What about Be Yom Tov? What about if it became impure on Yom Tov? You want to use it and it became impure on Yom Tov. Matbilino Tov, Yom Tov. You're allowed to immerse it on Yom Tov. You're allowed to be tovel, dip it on Yom Tov, says the Gemara. Wait a second. Leniency? Uh, Rabbah, you told us no leniencies. You told us we make this Gezerah irrespective of where the well is, whether it's in your Rishut Yahid or Rishut Rabbim, public or private domain. You told us we make it on Yom Tov uh, just as much as we make it on Shabbat. You made clear to us that we're very nervous about this idea, this concept of, of dipping on Yom Tov to the extent that everything should be included. V'im ita, if it's so, that we're so stringent over here, that the rabbis lay down the iron fist and we should have made, the rabbis should have ostensibly made a gezerah di yom tob atu de'erev yom tob. They should have made a gezerah on yom tob even when it became tameh on yom tob atu uh, for that situation where it's erev yom tob, where it became tameh on erev yom tob. In other words, the rabbis should have feared that if we permit on yom tob, when the item becomes tameh, you're allowed to go and dip it, a person would then say, well, I could do it even if it's 
from Erev Yom Tov already, Tameh. Well, the Kalvahomer goes the other direction, but I would say that it's permitted as well. That's in turn the question of the Gemara. It's the same line of, of, of doubt, of questioning of Abayit Rabbah throughout. In the last three questions, we read one of them today, one of them on Friday. What he's done is he's found situations where there's a leniency, one or another, with regards to dipping on Yom Tov, and he questions Rabbah. Rabbah, you told me this is so severe. You told me the rabbis were so nervous about this. You told me it doesn't only apply on Yom Tov, on Shabbat it applies even on Yom Tov, even though the whole reason is just because of carrying, which wouldn't apply on Yom Tov. You told me it applies not only in the public uh, uh, well, but it applies in the private one, even on the issues, only on the public one. You told me we're so severe. What happened to your severity? That's exactly what we're talking about. We're distinguishing right here. The Beraitah says, if it became before Yom Tov, you can't dip it. If it became on Yom Tov, you could, you could dip it if it came on Yom Tov. Do you understand what you're permitting? Why are you permitting that? People are going to see that and then they're going to apply it other ways. So it should be more severe over here. We should have made a Yom Tov to the Eid of Yom Tov. Answers the Gemara, Tum'ah be Yom Tov, or answers Rabbah, Milta de la Shachihahi. The Gemara, Rabbah responds that Tum'ah on Yom Tob, Milta, means a thing, like the word Mila in Hebrew. Mila means a thing, it also means a word, but Milta, Dela Shachiha. Shachiach means common. It's uncommon that something could or would become Tameh on Yom Tob. It's common, of course, during the week, during the year, that something becomes Tameh on Yom Tov, uncommon. Why is it uncommon? Rashi, right-hand side. Ho'il, excuse me, where's the Rashi? Dela shachicha shahare hakol metaharin baregel. Rashi says it's holiday time, the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah and Daftetzayim, which he cited in our Mishnah, Bitzhak says you're supposed to immerse yourself, become Tahor for the holiday. As a result, you're careful on the holiday. Why are you careful? Why are you immersing yourself before the holiday? You go into the Mikdash, you need to keep yourself pure. As a result, to imagine that something will become Tameh on Yom Tob is to be more far-fetched than any other situation. Rabbis don't. Don't laugh, please. Don't make gezerot for situations which are uncommon. They're only focused on common situations. And as a result, since this is a miltad de la shakiha, it's true, they could and perhaps were fearful of this, but not so much so. Since the tum'ah is taking place on Yom Tov, miltad de la shakiha, it's not something which is common and prevalent, and therefore, la gazruba rabbanan. Question? On Yom Tov? Oh, that's not crazy. There's, uh, ha- what, what? No, 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 that's, that's not kosher. Tum'ah, Tum'ah, we're talking about someone passes away. Lo'aleinu. There's a sheret. Sheret means it's one of these, uh, no, 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 that's no, something else. Uh, that's nevelah. Sheret is one, there's eight uh, different crawling uh, items which comes into your eye. And I know it's not happening in your home, but you know, uh, alternatively, a, a woman or a man has some emission, which is called zav or zava, and they touch it. In any of those three situations, those could all rise in the moment. Yes. Those three situations, as we'll even read about in just a moment, are the only situations where the utensil actually becomes Tameh. You see, sometimes, and this is a good introduction for the next lines in the Gemara, there's different types of Tumah. That, you have what's called the Avha Tumah, so to speak, the father of Tumah. It's one of those three. Either the dead per- per- person, the corpse, the individual passes away, 
or a sheret, it's one of these eight crawling items which touches something, or third, a zav or a zava, a person who has that emission which in turn makes them avhatuma. They are the only, that situation, the only thing if they were to touch a utensil, that the utensil becomes tameh. Any other situation, which we'll address in a moment, the utensil doesn't become tameh, other items can become tameh. What do I mean any other situation? What else could you come up with? Well, what if, I am, uh, okay, someone is tameh, uh, so, someone passes away, another person handles the body, they're dealing with it. That person in turn becomes what's called rishon the tumah, or velada tumah, they're a child of the tumah. Their status, they need to become tahor. They can't eat certain things, they can't be involved in mikdash activities. However, if they were to then come and touch this utensil, the utensil does not become tameh. Do you understand the distinction? It's only when the av, so to speak, the father, the source of the tumah touches the utensil, utensil becomes tameh. If it's vilad, which is the Aramaic word for child, or we call rishon the tumah, one removed from tumah, they can't make the utensil tameh. Right, that's the good introduction for this next line in the Gemara. <coughs> to find that an av will appear and touch the utensils, not shachiach. How often is that going to take place? How, how we, we clean our homes, we get things, uh, uh, I don't know, what do you want me to <laughs> Your utensils you made certain were out of the way, I don't know. Which marit ayin? Mm-hmm. You're allowed to go. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to dip. Not you. We're talking about the utensil. You being allowed to dip is permitted. So somebody sees you doing it. So. All right. I mean, it's it's a isud rabbanam which the rabbis permitted. B'makom simchat yom tov. I guess you'll have to say it trumped it. I mean, you can and would, and it's a good question in general. Anytime they permit something that might look. Uh, uh, it does, doesn't, there, there are you know, guidelines and situations for it. Says the Gemara Etive, here's the question, the next question. Keli, the utensil, shinitma be'av Again, it became tameh directly from the av En matbilin oto beyom tob. If the situation was such that it became tameh be'av before yom tob, excuse me, even, well, we'll talk about this, well, it's a mahlok. It's two ways to read this in Rashi, but let's let's just leave it. It becomes tameh be'av hatumah en matbilin oto biyom tov. Bivlad hatumah matbilin oto biyom tov. So uh, let, let's uh, let's let's understand this as taking place before yom tov. Before yom tov, it became tameh be'av hatumah, meaning uh, a corpse touch. Let's leave it like that. A dead body touches the utensil. What, that's from the Torah, and as a result, what's the halakha? En matbilin oto biyom tov. You may not take that, di- that uh, utensil and dip it on yom tov. Alternatively, if it's bivlad hatumah, which as we said, from the Torah, is not tameh. The utensil now from the Torah has no problem. Midrabanan, we make a gezerah in that situation. In general, if the dead body touched the utensils, touched someone, and then in turn that someone touched this utensil, so it's okay, the utensil is tameh and it should be purified. However, however, that's not tameh from the Torah, that's tameh midrabanan. Here's the situation in turn again. Keli shenitma be'avatumah. The utensil came in direct contact with the dead body. 
En matbilin oto biyom tov. It took place before yom tov. You can't now dip it on yom tov. Bivlada tuma. I was handling lo alenu. I was dealing with someone who passed away. I become rishon letuma. And in turn, I touch this utensil. In such a circumstance, matbilin oto biyom tov. You're allowed to immerse this utensil on yom tov. One second. Are you? That's right. That's right. But. Oh, but quite the opposite. Since it's not Tamir from the Torah, in turn, it's less severe. And as a result, the rabbis allowed. Keep in mind, the whole item of not immersing, not dipping on Yom Tov is from the rabbis. If the issue you're dealing with is a rabbinic issue to begin with, they permit it. Well, but wait a second. Do you remember Rabbah's statement? Rabbah said, I don't care how rabbinic, I don't care how removed, I don't care, I will get to be machmir in this situation. We have to be severe. Turns Abaye to Rabbah again. And he says, to him, I don't understand. According to your logic, what you made clear for us is that this, uh, this issue of being tovel, matbil on Yom Tov is so severe, is so strong that we extend this gezerah. We make it applicable to any and all situations. How come over here, since it's a little bit further removed? How come over here, because it's only tamtumamit, how come in this situation when we're dealing with Vlad Hatuma, me who handled the body, who in turn touched this utensil before Yom Tov, you're allowed to immerse this, yom tov, this utensil on Yom Tov, and if it's according to your logic, Rabbah, your underlying logic, the Uwe of your statement, the strength of everything you said is we make this Gezerah with a full force, Nigzor Ha Atuha, we should make a Gezerah of this one, for that one, meaning even if it's only Tumamidrbanan, even if it was only birthed through Vlada Tuma, even though the Tuma came about from me, who was a Rishon Tuma and made this utensil a Sheni Tuma, which very clearly is only rabbinic in terms of its nature. Well, then how come in that situation we're not saying it too should be Asur according to you, Rabbah? Again, Etive. The question comes as follows. If an item became tam'eh directly from the dead body, you may not immerse it on Yom Tov. If alternatively it was from the secondary, the first recipient of the father, so to speak, the child of the Tumah, the person who touched the dead person, you're further removed from Av you're only dealing with a Tumah uh, he allowed to immerse it on Yom Tov, and if it's according to you, Rabbi, Nigzor, we should make a Gezerah, that the gate should have been so strong, Ha Atuha, this for that. Rashi on the right hand side, Bivlad Hatuma En Kantikun. There you go, Jared, I told you he does it three times. Dimide Oraita, okay, we're glossing over those words for a moment. Dimide Oraita, Tahor Me'alyahu. From the Torah, it's real Tahor. She'en keli tameh ela be'avhatuma. The keli, the utensil, only becomes tameh from avhatuma. Kedetanya, he cites a beraita from Masechet Shabbat. Ochel umashke, excuse me, ochel umashke, foods metame'in me'avir keli cheres. Foods are more severe in this respect. They, even from the air of the keli, of the utensil, can become tameh from the Torah. Ve'en kola keli metameh'in. That's right. If they're inside the airspace of the utensil, they'll become tameh. Me'avir keli cheres mishum dehava vlad hatum'ah. They are removed. Shema shebetocho en metameh mehamat hasheret ela mehamat avir. If the item was touched 
by the sheretz, by the crawling item, the item becomes tameh. Anything that's inside of it, not in direct contact with the sheretz, is min ha-torah, tahor, midrabanan, tameh. Again, we were in the past segment of the Gemara nervous about this tumah midrabanan, but we ultimately speaking said, it's milta de la that you'll have even the, the tumah midrabanan on Yom Tov. But in this circumstance, in this situation, says the Gemara, why is it permitted if it became tameh before Yom Tov to be mitahir uh, on Yom Tov? Yes? Amir is what's inside the body, mm-hmm. That's right. So again, if I have something inside of this cup, and the cup from the outside touched a sheretz, uh, uh, I don't know, the rat ran by or the lizard came by and touched the item, the outside of this utensil, the utensil itself is tamir. If there's anything inside of it, if it's a food item, it becomes tamir. If it's a utensil inside of it, it stays tahor min ha Torah. No, the item itself became tamir. Right. No, no, no. No, no, no. The item became tamir. The item became tamir. But if something touches the item, whether inside or outside, it's not going to be tamir unless it's a food or a drink. All right, it's too complicated. Okay, but that's 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 when you have avatumah. It's it's bokat ve'olah. Yeah, buds are not going to be the exact same thing, but yes, you could have such. You you could and would. You got to be careful, you know. Keep that stuff away. Anyways, in today's day and age, we're less nervous about tumah and tahara. Anyway, says the Gemara, Vlad Rabbi is responding. He says, "Wait a second. Could you could you help me with a situation why I care about? Yes, why I care about Vlad What do you mean? Why you care about it? It's tameh. Oh, it's only tameh min banan. Yeah, but it's tameh. What's it going to effectuate? With regards to me and you and the simple people in the room, it doesn't change anything in our lives. It's a tumah midrabbanam, which doesn't really affect us. The only individuals it'll really affect with regards to changing their status and way of life is kohanim with regards to eating tirumah. Eating tirumah, we have a higher level of, stand and st- of standards with regards to tahara. Kohanim, in turn, who are eating from the tirumah, need to be particularly careful even about this gezera, this idea of tumah midrabanan. So again, what's my situation? The item became tameh on Erev Yom Tov. It became an Erev Yom Tov tameh, the way we're learning the Kemara, and it's only tameh midrabanan. It was from Vlad HaTumah. Do I, Harari, who's not a Kohen, care about this? Of course I care, but does it affect my, me halachically speaking? It affects me in no halachic way. Who would it be, and as a result we could be tovel. Who would it affect? Only Kohanim with regards to using it for terumah. Says the Gemara, do you know that? Have you met a good Kohen recently? Again, first, Vlad which literally means where do you find it, which uh, figuratively means when is it relevant? Gabe Kohanim, in the context of Kohanim and eating Tirumah. You know about Kohanim? Kohanim zirizinhen. The word zariz literally means quick. They're fast. In our context, it means more than quick and fast. It means they're quick and fast to mitzvot. It means they're scrupulous. It means they're careful, which as a result, the Gemara Rashi, one of two interpretation sets. Well, take a look at Rashi, the second wide line, the last two words. First and foremost, since Kohanim are so quick 
and exact with regards to halachot, they won't make this mistake. After all, the whole issue was you'll make a mistake. If we're allowing the tum'ah midrabanan to be dipped on Yom Tov, a person might come to take a tum'ah minatorah. Kohanim don't make that's a lay person mistake. It's not a Kohen mistake. Kohanim azirizin, they know how to do this right. Iname, alternatively, Kohanim are so quick and so exact. Zirizim elavot tumalik lehen. They wouldn't allow the dead body, the sheritz, the uh, zap to touch their item in the first place. They're careful with it. They kept the utensils. And as a result, it's a matter which is not common. Ultimately speaking, then the Gemara, Rabbah's response is similar to his earlier responses. Listen, I understand your claim, Abaye. You want me to be consistent? I am consistent with regards to this Gezerah, with regards to this rabbinic enactment of not dipping, of not immersing utensils on Yom Tov. We were, they were very severe. The situations you're asking me about are further far-fetched than even what I was addressing. You said, why'd you make it on Yom Tov, not just on Shabbat? That's a closer, more relevant reality. You said to me, why don't you do it just when the board is in Rishut HaRabim, public domain, not in the private domain? That's a closer mistake that many people would make. In all these situations that you're addressing to me, that's just further with regards to that. First and foremost, the last case we talked about was in a situation where you became Tameh on Yom Tov. That's not going to happen on Yom Tov. People are more careful on Yom Tov. They enter Yom Tov, they mitahir everything, and on Yom Tov itself, they're very tahor. Uh, you're asking me now from a situation of Vilat HaTumah, it's relevant to the Kohanim. Kohanim Arzirizim, as a result, it's not going to really be relevant. Says the Gemara onward, and we'll begin this one, Tashimah. And th- at this point, it does not appear as if it's any longer Abaye directly attacking uh, Rabbah. Tashima means come and listen. It seems like the Gemara, collectively in the Midrash, they gather together and say, let's ask a question on our own on yeah, Rabbah. Yeah, it before Yom Tov, if it before say it again? They got Tameh before Yom Tov, right? They didn't the, have time to go dip the before. They did, and that's why the rabbis made this Gezerah. In other words, if, you, if it happened on Yom Tov, you're allowed to do it because we say, oh, you didn't have a chance. Yom happened for Yom Tov, our assumption, you're asking if it happened seconds before? I don't know. They're talking about you had enough time before Yom Tov to dip, and they don't make such distinctions if you didn't have enough time. What's that? Why couldn't you go dip? You could have. You were lazy. I don't know. You worked late. I don't know. You, and that's the point. Exactly. Exactly. Says the Gemara Tashema, come and listen to the following statement. You yourself. As a person, yes. That's Beti Leos. We're talking about utensils. The Hachamim did not distinguish when it came to utensils. Both Bechamai and Beti Leos were all said. Tashema, De'amar Rav Hiyabar Hashemar Rav. And this is going to come, there's going to be a question from Rav. Rav is an Emora. Rav is from the same generation, well, it's from the same post-Mishnah generation with regards to imagining Gemara people, rabbis. And so we're asking a question on Rabbah from Rav. The Gemara will do this from time to time. On Daftet we did this. Rav had an authority, a strength. We looked at him almost like a Tanah from Mishnah. And as a result, if he said something that negated you, you had to answer to him. Well, I don't need to answer. He's my contemporary. He's a generation before. Doesn't matter. Says the Gemara. What was Rav's statement? Is what I referred to earlier. Nida she'en la bigadim. If a woman is nida, a woman is uh, she has to dip because of her uh, uh, because she has a, had had a, a bloody mission and she went after this uh, after her tahara process. But now she has to dip. She has to dip. But her clothing and once upon a time we were very nervous about her clothing as well. Her clothing needed to be tahora as well. She needed to be she needed to be tahara in such a situation. That's right. 
tight. That's why I mentioned in Jeffrey's situation earlier, she now has no extra pair of clothing. So the clothing she's wearing and any other pair she wore uh, were tamin. She's going into the mikveh, she herself will become tahor, but the second she comes out, she puts back on her tamid clothing, she's effectuated not all that much. What she can do is dip for herself, which is permitted, as we saw in the Mishnah, but leave her clothing on. We can discuss, and we will discuss how that's permitted, but it's permitted. Wait a second. Rabbah, according to your logic, that we make a strict, severe, stringent enactment over here, we shouldn't permit her to go in with her clothing. We should say to her, I'm sorry, you need to figure something else out, because by her going in with her clothing, she comes out and she says, oh, now I'm allowed to immerse any utensil. Now other people say, I'm allowed to immerse any utensil, maybe you just keep her tame on Yom Tov. Maybe so don't allow it to do. Well, come a beggar certainly is a kelly, and with and with this, we'll return to this tomorrow.